Welcome to the Ben and Lucy show. It's tanked up, but it's just you and I, Lucy. It is. No deal, sadly. But he'll be back. No. As always. He will. Yes. Yes. He, he uh, appears as if out of nowhere <laughs> and then recedes back mm. into the shadows. Yes. To then uh, appear again. And he just drops a pun and then leaves. <laughs> <laughs> just mid midway through an episode. Yeah. Just bangs some puns out and just goes. No, no games or anything. Yeah. 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 Uh, I don't think he's feeling very well. He's feeling a little bit unwell, so he's not on tonight. Beer probably isn't the best thing no. for him. So it's just you and I. We're going to drink some beers. We're going to enjoy them at, well, maybe, hopefully. And we're going to talk about a lot of games. One that I know that we can have quite a big discussion over, I suppose, because we both played it. Mm. Um, before we get into it, what are you drinking? Now, I debated Ooh. this in my head. Mm. I have two beers. From okay. Unbarred Brewery. Oh yeah. I've seen their beers around. They've they've been going since 2014. So what's that? Four years now. Mm. And I picked up two of their beers, but they're both milkshake pale ales IPAs. Okay. So I'm thinking, is that too much shake? <laughs> Are the Mm, Are the boys going to come be. to the yard if I drink them both? I don't They're know. They're just at your window, scratching. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Or should I just go for it? What do you think? I think you should go for it. I think right. you should go for it. I'll go for um, it I, I, I was looking at Unbarred in the bottle shop today, because mm. um, I had the doper a few weeks ago now, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw there was one which I picked up and I put it back down, which was one of the milkshake ones, which is almost um, like a Neapolitan striped can. Yeah, this one, one exactly, yeah. That one, yeah, mm. yeah. Yeah, I, I rarely see them up um, up here. Um, mm. I got them from a online um, like beer retailer. Uh, I've spoken about them before, Left Leftfield Beer in Birmingham. Yeah. Got it from them. I think they just celebrated their first uh, birthday, so congrats to them. But uh, yeah, I'd, nice. I'd just, I've seen their cans before. Very striking, uh, a lot of them. Mm. But I don't think I've ever actually had any of their beers. So just like yeah. Okay. Just try it. Which one are you starting with? I am going to start with the milkshake IPA, uh, a vanilla infused silky smooth milkshake India Pale Ale, um, uh, brewed in. Sussex, where the brewery is based. Right, uh, just this is just some background rather than flavour text. It just says Unbarred Brewery started in a tiny kitchen in a flat in Hove. We now do this full time, brewing with care and attention to help make beer and the world a little better. Naturally carbonated for a softer mouthfeel. So yeah, that's it really. Five point four percent, by the way. Um, I seem to remember with the doper. That, uh, that even though it's um, like an unbarred like recipe and they've brewed it, they brewed it on someone else's kit. Does that one tell you if it's been brewed on someone else's kit? Uh, I think it's around the side of the can somewhere normally. Oh, yeah, it does actually. They brewed at Missing Link Brewing. Uh, Chitting 
Chitting Lai Farm. RH1, I don't know where the hell that is. But miss- <laughs> <laughs> Missing Link Brewing, that's some weird postcode. <laughs> nice, so they're, they're obviously around, they exist. Yeah, yeah, nice. I don't think I've had anything from them, but... Uh... No, I've never heard of Missing Link either, but that, that's cool. Are they like a like indie brewer? Like they'd go around well, and... Yeah, I suppose what is the term like a nomad brewer? They just go around that's, and that's use people's meant, yeah. Yeah, yeah use people's kit when um, when it's available. I think, uh, which is used. I think it was a very popular kind of thing, you know, several years ago. Michaelis but still I guess do it. Like, that's it, what they were known for. So yeah, yeah, yeah. lots of people kind of I, I guess get to a certain level where they can then get their own gear and their own premises, mm-hmm. and that's kind of the goal for a lot of people, I guess. But you know, maybe Umbar just want to mooch around, see their friends, not have to worry about all their o- the overheads and the infrastructure yeah. and everything to do with their own kit and stuff. So yeah, it's, and it's, a, it's just a, like collaborative. You can learn stuff yeah. from the brewery and all that. So, so yeah, it's cool. Completely an, an interesting brewing on different kits as well. Every sort of different different place you go. I imagine if they've been going now for, what did you say, about four years, mm-hmm. um, and they're kind of Sussex-based, that they've probably done the rounds and they're comfortable on, you know, however many people's sort of kit that they've kind of gone to regularly and stuff so they might have lost a little bit of that experimental kind of stage in learning kits and things like that but hopefully they're experimental in their beer flavours you Hmm. consider you consider that's a very considering face yes Shall I give you my thoughts, or do you want to crack No, go on, whilst, whilst they're fresh, whilst you've sucked. Mm. It's a really nice IPA. Um, can't really... On the aroma, you're getting a bit of vanilla, but more so you're getting a bit more, more like citrus, a bit, you know, orangey kind of um, yeah. smell. Um, this isn't... Even though it's got, like, kind of Neapolitan colours, it's not a Neapolitan... Um, beer so you're not getting any strawberry or chocolate or anything like that um just the vanilla Mm. but you can definitely sense it on the aroma and sort of on the taste just it's ever so subtle it's ever so slight i'm getting more of the characteristics of just a typical ipa okay a bit of bitterness at the end um bit of fruit um it's got it's got slightly smooth slightly smooth mouthfeel but um i think the carbonation just helps it um you know become more like an ipa it's it's a really nice beer i gotta say it's a really nice ipa as a milkshake ipa not sure not not so much but maybe that vanilla will come through a little bit more um Mm. as i keep sipping it but yeah i'm very impressed with this it's really good beer I don't know if the vanilla gives it an extra dimension, and I'm just not sensing that, but in terms of an IPA, I, you know, I'd very much put this ne- next to like some of my favourite IPAs that I've yeah. had in 2018, so nice. really good. Excellent. Well, that's good. Good way, to start the, uh, good way to start the show off this week. Um, I'm going to continue on with excellent beers. Um, so I just cracked open mm. the... Um, uh, the experiment requires that you continue, or which is a double dry hopped New England IPA from Press Drop, uh, collaboration with Verdant. Mm-hmm. Uh, 7.4%. It is 
the hops are brew, as in B-R-U-1, and mosaic. And it says it's an experiment with our friends from Verdant. Cornish Haze meets London Murky in this double dry hopped New England IPA. And it's nice. It's a it's a lovely, lovely beer. Mm-hmm. It's so I, I you know, I said it almost every episode. I like a bitterness to my beer. Yeah. This yeah. this almost has none. Oh, really? There's yeah. barely anything to this at all. It's nice, kind of fruity, very kind of uh, sort of it's, it's mosaic. It's kind of those tropical mm-hmm. yeah. fruit flavors in there. Yeah, I had this a few weeks ago. It might have been, might even been last week. I drank a lot of beers last week because I didn't want yeah, Liverpool to yeah. win the Champions League. <laughs> And I just thought if I if they do I I just need to help myself black out and forget everything that happened. But mm. um, yeah, I do remember that it was you had those the kind of Daya characteristics coming through very smooth, yep. very juicy. But yeah, yeah exactly weird. that, mm. and it's it's got that slight viscosity to it mm. as well to give it that kind of juicy mouth feel. Yeah. Um, those fruits come off on the nose, you know, you're getting the double dry hopped elements in there, uh, getting that kind of big hop hit, and it comes straight through in the flavour as well. They, they match up very, very well. Mm-hmm. Um, it is murky, it is hazy. Uh, it's uh, almost a, an orange uh, colour, a little bit of, uh, of light bleed around the edges in the glass, and slightly, mm-hmm. slightly more straw, uh, almost like a weak kind of squ- orange squash kind of flavour uh, colour around the... Um, around the edge of the glass mm. but in the center you know where you've got that that murky center to the beer mm-hmm. it's very orange um yeah speaking of bitterness my beer is really bitter and i like that mm. um i'm wondering how many i've used it is actually because it's quite bitter quite yeah. piney quite resinous and i love that in an ipa yeah, I remember with the the doper, it was exceedingly, exceedingly mm. bitter. Yeah, uh, which was really good. That's exactly kind of what I wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, when I had that beer, um, that big bitter hit. Yeah, which is nice. I mean, but again, it's nice to kind of, I suppose, have the like a New England IPA where that's toned down quite mm. significantly, and the bitterness is there. There is a little bit that kind of runs through with the flavour, but. It's not doing a huge amount, I don't think. Yeah, it's nice um, to uh, have a choice. Yeah, on very much, yeah. But, yeah, I'd, mm. I'd, I normally tend towards more bitter. For sure. And this uh, this milkshake IPA is just taking me back to, you know, when most IPAs were bitter and they were all yeah. just juice bombs, so that's nice. Um, <laughs> a, vanilla, still not quite pushing to the forefront not sure if it's completely lost on me still trying to dig around see if I can see it um, mm. I don't know but I don't that doesn't really matter it's like you can say whatever it is on the can if if it's a great beer and I'm not too fussed about whether you say it's this that or the other thing to be honest yeah mm. yeah that's fair that's fair um the more I drink this um, and it's I love the name the experiment requires that you continue. I think that's an excellent, excellent name for a beer. Mm. Um, I'm getting uh, the, the tropical flavours are becoming a little bit more uh, definite. Um, definitive. What's the, what word am I looking for? Definite? Pronounced. Definite. Pronounced. Yeah, mm. pronounced. We'll move away from the Ds. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> more pronounced. Definitely getting a, a, like a nice hit of mango in there. Um, it's not kind of the, you know, it doesn't 
feel like it's got any of those grapefruity characteristics. It feels a bit mm. more on the sweeter kind of uh, tropical fruit side. So it's a little bit of mango, maybe a little bit of passion fruit in there as well. Yeah. There's possibly something just tempering that back from being too sweet, perhaps. Mm. Uh, and I, I don't could, think, could at least in the beers, that, that you were talking about. That's it could be. Yeah. yeah, it could be. Um, having a look at the, so the, the hops were brew one and mosaic. Um, and I'm not sure I have had a beer with Brew One in that I've read on the. But I may have Probably had a beer had with Brew One point, in yeah. that just didn't say what the hops were on the um, on the can. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know anything about Brew One. I don't know what it's doing. It's an iron Brew. <laughs> so Iron Brew is alcoholic. To be fair, all Scottish soft drinks are alcoholic, aren't they? So. Yeah, they just don't put the percentage on the can. They don't need to. <laughs> no, well, no. The babies uh, just drink it and it's like, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Born being able to deal with 10% alcohol off the bat. <laughs> Sorry, Ross Miller. We don't mean it. And we Adam do. Thomas. Yes, we do. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> we do. mean it. <laughs> uh, let's move on to some games. Mm. Well, let's move on to one game that I really want to talk about. Okay. I imagine that you probably want to talk about this as well. Uh, and this is the new um, Bithel Games short. It's like a short yeah. little experimental game um, called Quarantine Circular. It's very much in the vein of Subsurface Circular, which is something we've spoken about before. And it's... I I, I almost called it... Um, as I was describing it to someone, I kind of said it was a text adventure, but it's not really a text adventure. No. It's almost like a, a dialogue adventure yeah. Or a, a, a dialogue-based narrative I just call it a narrative short. game. Anyway. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, a narrative experience, perhaps. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the best way to describe it. Mm. Mm. Um, it. It follows on from Subsurface Circular in the idea that you are a character and you are choosing questions or, or answers and responses to questions with other um, uh, you know, NPCs. And you are trying to work something out. So subsurface circular, it was this sort of almost sci-fi noir detective story uh, based on um, like a metro train. So you're in one location, um, and quarantine circular follows along with that. And you are you're not one character in this. You jump between characters, which is an interesting hmm. uh, choice to make. But you're on a boat, and um, you basically it's come more up like against a massive military cruiser. Just, just to be pedantic, yeah, not, yeah, you know, not, just, not just a like yacht. Dingy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a uh, what do they call it? It's like a, uh, a medical kind of boat, mm. isn't it? It's yeah. there for aid in certain places. Yeah. Um, and you, um, your characters, and you play as the alien as well. And your characters interacting with an alien that has been found, and you are basically interrogating it to see what it's doing. Um, and how that story kind of uh, builds from there. Um, where do we start with this? I really like it. I liked it too. Um, off the bat, I think I preferred Subsurface. Okay. But, yes, it is very much in the same vein as Subsurface. Um, where do we start? It's so, it's so difficult because you don't want to get into the nitty-gritty of it. Yeah. But it is just essentially, yes, you're on this boat, an alien has landed, you're trying to inquire what's going on and through that dialogue you sort of build the context around the world and what situation um, like humanity yep. is in because uh, Subsurface was 
you know, on the London Underground and everything. You know, androids are basically, or robots, are basically, you know, the common thing, Blade Runner or Detroit that came out the other day, you know, mm. androids are doing humans jobs, etc, etc. Um, and that touched into more AI. I think this is more, this is more, I don't know what, this is more abstract in terms of like humans place in the universe and yeah. it's a bit more lofty and heady in its um in its in what, in what it's asking you to think about in in its questions it's very theological yes. sometimes yeah and um, it, it it does it in kind of a way that it makes you think about not only kind of human's place within the universe but actually kind of what that universe um, like entails as well and you know trying not to get too far into sort of like the story and discovering different things and stuff you, know, you find out that um, you know like life in the universe isn't quite so simple mm-hmm. um, and how that then reacts with the you know with humans place within that universe and it tries to kind of build on a much bigger um, a bigger context of like social issues and things like that um, yeah you know very abstractly using you know, intergalactic spacefaring civilizations and things mm-hmm. to kind of uh, you know really get down to the um the idea that there's different like theologies there's different ways of approaching everything yeah uh, no one is ever truly kind of like correct or right um, and that everyone needs to kind of have their their voice, I suppose. Yeah, and, uh, and it has moral quandaries at the like, mm. very end of the game, um, where you can pick the outcome essentially, and it, and that alone just um, means you can have brand, you know branching paths. It's not mm-hmm. as I don't know as wide reaching as again to bring it up Detroit, a game I haven't mm-hmm. even played, but I'm bringing it up. But um, there's something <laughs> like that where there's so many different branching paths. This is really you probably get to like the fourth chapter, fourth or fifth. I think it's a, I think it's about six chapters in total. Yeah, I think it's six. Yeah. yeah, and you get to about the fourth chapter, and that's really when it starts branching and when you can mm. start putting your um, footprint on the story and where it'll ultimately end up. Um, did you replay it more than once? Did you? No, I mm. I didn't, and I've been th- I have been thinking about whether I will play it again because. I made those choices based on the kind of you know what I discovered, what I felt would be the the, the right yeah. way to go, and things like this. And I feel that if I played it again, I'd only be playing it to just see what a different ending would be. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I I wouldn't be playing it from thinking this is what I will do. I'd I'd be doing the exact opposite, and you know, I did that last time, so I'll I'll go with this mm-hmm. instead uh, and see how these different characters then interact if I've. You know, not uncovered this, or I've put this roadblock in the way instead of, you know, answering a question or something like that. Um, I just, uh, when you've got these kind of games which take multiple paths and you can replay them, I think often I I just play through once, even things yeah. like Heavy Rain. Same here. Um, yeah. Just just play it through once and make the choices that I want to make. Uh, lots of games give you like Steam achievements or, or trophies and achievements on the consoles to go back and do things a, a different way. And if you want to, you know, get those achievements, then you're going to do that. But I'm not that fussed. And I'd rather, yeah. I, you know, I play a game for the experience rather than for any kind of digital, completely ridiculous 
gain in terms of trophies. You get absolutely nothing yeah, for earning yeah. trophies. It's, it's not so much trophies, um, but I do get get that um, that sentiment. It, it was mm. just I don't know because I'm just like you. With it depends on the game because usually yeah. that I have that experience is my own, even if I'm not happy with the outcome. I mean. Mike dying in a, until dawn still haunts me to this day, but <laughs> that was my choice. That was my decision. That's what I did. Yeah. But, um, and that's usually just how I go with it. I think I usually do that when the story has a bit more um, impact on me. Um, this for me, this I know Subsurface was <laughs> out of the three games that you played last year. Like one of your favourites. <laughs> yeah. So um, that obviously resonated with you a lot more than it did with me, but. This was the same for me. It didn't. It got me thinking slightly, but um, mm-hmm. it wasn't. Didn't really impact me on a really meaningful way. That's not to say okay. the game is bad. It's excellently written and mm. um, does bring up you know good topics and good um, you know things to think about. But I just replay. I could see where the branching path was, and I. Yep. I just wanted to see what the other um, outcome was, and I was just yeah. like, just because I was interested, just seeing, um, interested in how divergent these paths would go. So I um, played it twice, um, got a got a different ending. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's interesting. So it, it does, it's nice to see what, even if you're just reading it on the internet on a forum or something, it's just nice to see yeah. sometimes what the other um, paths would be. And because I played it like the day it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Diffle just basically said on Twitter, "Oh, here's another game." I was like, "Oh, thank you." <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was not not really any like Reddit posts or anything like that out there to see what the other ending might have been or endings. So I was like, "Yeah, I'll just play it again, just just because mm. I was curious." Yeah, I'm sure that would be there on on YouTube now for me to just right. jump into and just see what the other endings were, because mm-hmm. uh, you know just as much work went into those endings as went into the one that I experienced. Um, so there is an argument for kind of you know to to try and experience everything that this game can can give you definitely. Mm. Uh, I think it's just interesting enough to wonder where it it could go. Yes, mm. very much, and I think it's maybe one that it, I would return to in say like a year and see if I felt you know if I got exactly the same ending. That's because I mm. you know I haven't grown as a person whatsoever. And I'm in exactly <laughs> the same place now. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, it's it's not one that maybe I would return to, you know, in the in the coming weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's what an hour and a half. Yeah, hour and a half, two hours. Depends yeah, something on like that. How quickly you read, are you scrolling speed? Yep, yep. So, uh, you know, it's it's not something like a big undertaking, like Heavy Rain or you know what Detroit probably is. Mm. Uh, you know, big branching paths, a huge overarching story between several different characters that will take eight to ten hours to to play through. It's a big mm-hmm. chunk of time. With this being like a one sitting game, yeah, it, it is easy to return to that and to to jump through. Um, yeah, sp- I, I, speaking of uh, several characters, how did mm. you feel about there being multiple characters? Because that was something I didn't like. Um, I I actually thought it was. Um, I think the first time it shifted from uh, mm-hmm. is it Mark the first the engineer the that you start man, off yeah. with. Yeah, the sexy when, Spanish <laughs> That's guy. why you. That's why oh, you yes, were disappointed. I was like, I'm gonna play the whole game. <laughs> I was like, yes. Then you switched me to. I don't even know who it was. <laughs> I can't remember. Like, Gabriel. Does it switch to the? Does it switch to Gabriel? Yeah, for that yeah. Point? Gabriel's yeah. the alien. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, um, 
I, I quite I quite liked it because I liked uh, exploring things from the different points of view um, and it worked well in terms of the narrative and what it was trying to do because I don't think you could have had Mark there for the entire time. Um, you, you, I mean, you could have, and they could have written it in a different way to have accommodated that. Uh, I just think kind of the more natural approach was, you know, for him to not be there for the entire time and for it to switch to a maybe a different perspective. Yeah. But those different perspectives allow you to maybe understand and build context a little bit more than if you'd have just stayed with Mark because you'd have had, you know, it would have been Mark asking this character a question, then Mark asking this character a question, and Mark asking this character a question, mm-hmm. rather than it being that much more kind of, or at least how I felt, a little bit more fluid in the way that the okay. the conversations and the dialogue um, it expanded upon and, and, and built uh, by being able to, to jump through different people. Yeah, I, I'm the complete opposite. I I wanted to, because I think in such a short game, like two hours, if you're... There was mm-hmm. about five characters, or, or maybe uh, yeah, the, yeah. yeah, that you switch between. It's like you do, as you say, you do get more of a context about the world and stuff like that. But forty minutes each, or something like that, with each character, it's just like it, I didn't get a grasp on any character. I didn't gravitate okay. towards any character. And there's a clear antagonist in the game. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like playing as them. I I didn't agree with like any of their choices, so it just felt, yeah yeah. I agree like with I was, that. The, you know, the game was forcing my hand to mm-hmm. be an ass when I didn't want to be. Sure. And I think that was my issues with the game. Um, definitely the switching characters and also the kind of puzzle things. I I much preferred the puzzle thing in um, Subsurface Circular, like small little. You know, get out your note paper, write this down. Mm-hmm. Someone mentioned this in conversation and stuff like that. But this is just basically going through like pages and pages of notes in each character's notebook, which yeah. is just you know, um, what's the word? Syn- synopsis? Summarizing? <laughs> Summarizing? Uh, basically, <laughs> we're struggling with thoughts. words tonight, we aren't we? Are. Yeah, <laughs> we're only one beer in, but uh, summarizing just like their thoughts and. Um, just recently what the dialogue was and you know the the inner monologues about it and mm-hmm. it was just like trawling through those notes and finding clues I, I didn't like that it was like I, no yeah I I found the um, is it the final puzzle it was ridiculous where, I was like yeah, what I found are you that trying quite, to say yeah I found that I quite difficult <laughs> I, I did as well because I, um, I, I wrote it down because I, I was thinking Am I just stupid, or is Ben gonna have a, the problem as well? I'll just keep it written down, just in case he has any problems. <laughs> it was, I mean, when when you realise what it is yeah. and realise okay, it's actually quite simple, mm. but it words what you need to do in a way which doesn't push you towards mm. that very easily. I I kept it. <laughs> I kept it. For you. I'll get rid of it now. Because <laughs> there was no um, guides at that point when I played no, it. No, there wasn't. Like, oh, there wasn't. God's sake. Um, <laughs> and it's it's again. There was um, what's the other one? There was the other puzzle. Um, the admiral is something stupid or a fool, or the admiral is foolish. Oh, that or something one was like fine. That. I thought that one was fine. It was a novel one. I'm not sure. Yeah. Is that yeah. in both? The, the code words yeah. sort of. Where, yeah. Yeah. Alpha, Bravo, Charlie and that stuff. Yeah. Kappa, yeah. Alpha, Yeah, yeah. I was T. just like, oh, what are you trying yeah. to say? 
And I was, mm. it, it, no, it just, I don't know if it was worded, I don't know if I'm stupid, if it was worded, <laughs> co- you know, confusingly, I don't know. But I was not happy. Because that's, it, I took about 20 minutes just being like, you know what, I'm just going to guess it now because I don't know what's going on. Mm. Frustrated me. Mm. That's fair enough. Um, mm. You know, it, it's it's not perfect. Mm. You know, it's a, it, it's a good example of experimentation and building on subsurface circular. And I think for this game, I think for the um, the idea of it jumping between characters, it changed from having... Um, almost like speech bubbles mm-hmm. to having that central um, space within the screen yeah. as just that long train of dialogue mm-hmm. and you have sort of like the characters you know manifested at, at either side and doing whatever they're doing and moving around and stuff yeah. um, or standing still most of the time um, so you can at least with this one you you focus a little bit more mm-hmm. on that on that central pane where that dialogue is is coming down and your your eye is not really drawn to the sides and the you know the the character models or anything like that whereas i think with with subsurface circular it it kind of it worked having each character sort of say what they were going to say because mm-hmm. they were almost like sat opposite each other and it was in a very contained little space on the on the subway whereas you know they're on the the deck of a, a ship, so there's you know, you know skies and mm. kind of not quite landscapes but seascapes and the sky yeah. and the boat in the background and things. And yeah, I think got a had it art been style, you know, it does very yeah. Striking, yeah. Mm. I, I think that if they'd have kept with the um, the, the the way that um, subsurface did it, it, like being on the boat and outside and stuff might have been maybe a little bit more distracting and pulled mm-hmm. you away. You know yeah. the color palette was was different in that. Whereas now you have this central singular colour pane with everybody's different text as, as different colours correlating to that person and things. Yeah. Uh, and I think that kind of that worked well, but that worked well for a two hour game. I don't know whether I could have kept going if that game had taken yeah. four hours, whether but that would have started yeah. to grate a little bit perhaps. That's a good thing about these games. They don't overstay their welcome. And Completely. I, I like that, you know, Mike Biffle's you know, with Thomas was alone and volume, he's afforded himself the time and the team to make experimental games, and mm. that's great. Like, I think this, I think Subsurface came out in August, so they've probably made this in what six months or so. So, yeah, if know. they if they started on it straight away, I mm. I did read somewhere that Mike Bithell had said it might have been. Did I read it? It might have been on Rock Paper Shotgun. He said they were working on um, two games, yeah. one which was small and one which was, he didn't use the word big, he used something else, but basically they were working on a, a, a smaller game and a bigger game, mm-hmm. and everyone theorised that um, Subsurface Circular was the smaller game mm-hmm. that they were working on, so I think Quarantine is... It is just that. It is just a, a little experiment. They've, you know, as you say, they they've been uh, afforded the time to just iterate a little bit and make something else, you know, yeah. without it eating into maybe the time on other projects that they're working on, yeah. or they can afford that extra little bit of time on the projects they're working on to yeah. hold them back slightly whilst this was being uh, developed. And it's it's great that they're in a position to be able to do that because yeah. constantly here all the time how under you know 
deadlines people are for for getting games out and having to hit sort of certain quarters because publishers want that game to fit within their schedule of games coming out that year and stuff so for them to be self-publishing and you know being able to do what they want to do is is excellent it's really refreshing to hear and i i honestly do hope he goes back to making more traditional games but um the yeah it's 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 just been nice to just see oh he dropped a game i'm gonna play Mm. that i'm gonna play that right now yeah it's like three four pounds you get a really good experience really well written experience out of it and it's just like yeah it's great yeah completely and Mm. as a you know we don't often or I, i i don't often compare different medias in terms of their like prices and stuff but for uh, something that you actually interact with the story and you make decisions on it's about the same length as a film and, and you're much <laughs> it's cheaper and you're much more engaged yeah. with it than you would be with a film as yeah. well uh, so yeah I think they've done really well to, to smash this out mm. and, and just have that little stealth release and <laughs> uh, you know, unlike you I thought I, I didn't have time on the day it released I think I played it about three days after it released mm-hmm. Um, but even then, I you know, I didn't see anything about it online really, apart from like Mike Bithell tweeting, yeah. saying, "Hey, we got this game. We've just released it. Please play it. Please, please leave us a Steam review." But, it's but, like, okay, that's just uh, yeah. So, I mean, I think I think he said that you know, like that they've done well. They've um, made quite a bit of money back already. But it's just great to have a game that doesn't have a God knows how long. Um, you know, marketing cycle and it just drops yeah. and you're just like, okay, obviously that's not going to work for every game and I get why there are marketing mm-hmm. cycles because it doesn't work for anybody or everybody but yeah, it's just it's just nice to have that and um, obviously his bigger games with bigger budgets going to have to have that marketing cycle but um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, know, if probably we, if we could just drop that and it's like volume, something as meaty as that mm. I'd be like, yes Yes. Yeah, did they did they self publish volume? Um, they might have. I can't mm. remember. No, I don't remember because because yeah. uh, um, Subsurface and uh, Quarantine Circular are only um, PC releases, aren't they? Yeah. Whereas, well, so, um, no, Subsurface came to Switch. Oh, did it? Yeah, it's it's, it's on sale Ooh. for like it's been on sale for like a month, and it's gonna be on sale for like another month, which is great. Because I was thinking, I was just looking at it today. I was like, should I just give Mike Biffle more money? Because <laughs> I want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is that that is the way to support a developer mm, buy their yeah. game on a, a again I, on another system. I bought Thomas was alone on literally every system that was ever made. <laughs> Even got it on like the Sega Saturn. Got it on everything. Yeah, it's on your it's on your Ouya. <laughs> It's on everything. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. So it's, I mean, it's it's. We'll move on from quarantine circular, but it's a it's game just, that's kind just, of. Mm, just a quick question. Prefer yeah. it to subsurface. On par. Um, so? I I I don't think I prefer it. I think it does some things better. Mm. Um, you know, like the the length was was great. I really like the the length of it. I think it maybe explores um you know in the second half of the game it explores bigger pictures uh and relates that a little bit more to kind of today's politics and stuff maybe slightly better than subsurface 
did mm-hmm. uh, but i think as an overall package i think i preferred subsurface i think i preferred the yeah. story as well in subsurface yeah, same here. Uh, yeah. and this kind of like mm-hmm. this detective story and having to to kind of like figure that out um i yeah they've 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 got their they've both got their good points over each other yeah um and i, I think i'd pick subsurface over quarantine yeah me too uh, yeah, yeah. More, more refined but more of a lasting impression with yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and I I think then quarantine isn't uh, it builds on subsurface. It's a similar kind of experience, so you don't have that impact that it's something completely different than anything that you've kind of played before that that subsurface did. Um, so it doesn't quite have that, as you say, that that lasting um, that lasting impression that maybe subsurface left, which is fine. Not every game yeah, needs no. to. You know, be genre renovating and change everything up so things can be little iterations um we'll move on to other games are you ready for another beer i'm not sure <laughs> it's yeah. just because i've only got a tiny bit left of my beer it's just like i've just been enjoying it so much that's fine. But we what can, I'll we do, can open another beer. If what I'll do is I open my beer and <laughs> yeah. tell you what that's like. Yeah. That gives you more time to enjoy mm. what you've got. Um, so, I didn't even know that the beer I'm going to have was going to be released. Ah, um, scoop. And normally, I'm quite up on you know, like the special edition kind of beers and knowing what and when they're coming out and when I want to pick them up. Um, I've got the um, the human and the unhuman cannibal sat on the shelf ready to go. I'm not really sure when the cannibal run is going to be done <laughs> because that is probably going to be quite messy. Uh, but I knew they were coming out. I knew when they were hitting the bottle shop, so I wanted to go and get them. And I just happened to see this beer sat next to um, like its its sister beer, should I say? So this is the Cloudwater Double IPA version 3.1 and sat next to it was the double IPA version 3 2018 and Cloudwater have decided to re-release uh, their version 3 their double IPA from their you know their their iterative double IPA yeah. series that they had going a few years ago and that we spoke um, a lot about and had quite yep, a few of yeah. we did we did um, so the two, the version three, two thousand and eighteen, I instantly picked up, mm-hmm. and then when I saw the version three point one sat next to it, I thought I'd get this instead. Read the back of the the, the, the version three, two thousand eighteen, and it said we've tried to make this beer exactly how we made version three. Yeah. Uh, version three point one, they've changed things up, and I thought actually it might be a bit more interesting to see how they've again iterated on a beer which. A lot of people really liked. I think one of the version three was one of the beers that, um, out of all of them, that people mm. uh, liked more. I, I don't think I, I got in that early. Um, I can't remember, but I don't think. I think maybe five or six was one of the earliest ones mm, I had. Mm. Mm. Yeah, but, I but, think. Yeah, they said that they took all the. From that whole. It was 13 that they released in the end, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Yeah, they, everything they learnt from that, they now applied to free. Uh, version three, but you know, this is obviously trying to be true to what the three was originally with what they. Yes, learned. yeah. So the uh, the version three point one, it's eight point five percent, and it is a double IPA that takes inspiration from our fondly remembered two thousand and sixteen double IPA version three, whilst reflecting 
modern tastes and processes. In changes from our original recipe, flaked oats were added to the malt bill. Bittering hops reduced by 25% and the dry hop charge increased. A 24 uh, G over L, is that guile? Hop gun infusion of new season Citra BBC, backed up by Chinook, Mosaic and Comet. Brings this 2018 iteration in line with our current double IPAs. And I'm sure I've had that beer. How do you okay. see this is a problem? I just drink too much beer. I don't know what I've drunk. This, <laughs> this is why I have to put it on untapped. Because if I don't, I don't know what the hell I've drank. Exactly. I drink I, motor this is, oil, this is I the thing. Know, when I go to the um, when I go to the bottle shop, I should mm. just look through your untapped and see what you've already had. <laughs> to know, oh, this beer is completely different. I I did. I've got two. Um, two beers that I picked up from the bottle shop today from breweries that I've never heard of. Or mm-hmm. Two breweries that I've never heard of before. Uh, I'll grab them in a second and I can tell you what they'll be, but they're going to save them for future episodes, perhaps. Because okay. uh, it's always nice to have new breweries as well, rather yeah. than another Cloudwire, another pressure drop, you know, uh, breweries that we, we hit up repeatedly. Um, right, let me let me lean whilst I let that <laughs> beer settle very slightly. Well, the last two... Uh weeks I've been decent. I had a uh, new brewery last week and well new as in I've never had before last week and this week mm-hmm. is a uh, breaking new ground for me as well so do try to switch it up but yeah, you do get lured back into the good old cloud water now and then. You definitely do. Mm. It's so easy just to um, to go to kind of like what you know isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the two beers that I picked up uh, the first one's from Popple's Brewery who excuse me <laughs> popples popples is it isn't that the Coast name of IPA. the uh, like the snacks in like futurama that they were eating and <laughs> it was actually like a race an alien race that they were eating god it might be i can't remember I don't know. They, they pop something I can't remember um <laughs> i i Google i can't tell you where these guys are from because wherever they're from is the language that they've used on the bottle there is no apart from um guacamole and pizza and <laughs> west coast india pale ale they're the only english words on here i, hope I think they're, they're pairings they're, they're food pairings oh, can go with guacamole and pizza um, so i can't tell you where they're from but that's popples and the other one that i picked up from the other brewery is from two tribes uh, and i picked up an american uh, pale ale uh, two tribes are from london in oh. king's cross uh, again, another brewery who I'd not experienced before. Yeah. So yeah, pick them up as yeah. well for for future episodes, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But this cloud water, it uh, has that. They're, sorry, they're called poplars. Oh. Sorry. Poplars. Yeah, future on reference. Uh, okay. Ignore okay. me. It's close. It's close. <laughs> Just switch the e and the l around. Yeah. I like the word popples. It's very good. Pop poplars. Pop poplars. So the R, R on the end. Ah, yes. They look yes. so tasty. <laughs> <laughs> it's like just deep You know they're sentient, sentient creatures. Yeah, but people still ate them anyway. It's fine. That's the nature of people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, Futurama's so good. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> this, um, this double IPA version 3.1, it looks very, very similar to the pressure drop um, and verdant. Uh, the experiment requires that you continue... It is that murky, completely uh, thick, viscous-looking, 
you know double IPA that you kind of come to know from the double IPA series that Cloudwater put out. It's got that orangey, almost sort of amber glow to it. Um, it seems very flat. It's almost got no head whatsoever. It's dissipated so quickly. There's just slight sort of bubbles sat on the top, but that is it. And on the nose, you're instantly hit with tropical fruit. Oh, oh, that smells so nice. Mm. It smells very similar to the to the verdant. Yeah. Maybe not quite as um, hoppy. A little more understated, maybe than the, the the sorry, not the verdant. The pressure drop and verdant that I've um, that I've just had. Yeah. A little more understated, but it looks like orange juice from here. Like pure it does. Orange it, juice. it looks a lot thicker. <laughs> yeah. Um, than the last beer and mm, so on the the flavor you don't quite get as much of the tropical fruit as you did in the nose mm -hmm. and there's that little bit of bitterness in there as well maybe it's it's slightly it's a little more bitter than the pressure drop not a huge amount more but the the tropical fruits are pulled back significantly mm. in the flavor they're there and there. They're definitely present, but it it tastes much more of a um like a beer. Mm -hmm. Um it's it's a little more hoppy. Not quite not quite dank, You're but right. it's edging towards that. Um, you know, pulling that um that fruit kind of flavour back a little bit. Yeah. It's a little more uh, I was going to say earthy, but I think that's the wrong word. But mm -hmm. I can't quite get the, the 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 word to describe what this is doing to pull back that uh, that mm. that big fruit kind of hit. It, it's 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 tempered down mean, that yeah. that fruit a little bit, but it's not earthy. It's not dank. It's Funky. not piney. Mm. Mm. It's just it's just doing something else. It cannot be described. That my brain cannot <laughs> quantify in words. Yes. But it's good. Yeah. It's very good. It's every time it's it's because it's a a different nose to the flavour. Every time I pick my glass up, I'm smelling it before yeah. I jump in for a, a sip. Uh, it's it's kind of it's it's nice that I'm tr so nice that I'm trying to savour it almost every <laughs> kind of like sip that I yeah. have. Um, there's that's, actually that's, no head on it at all. There's none. There is none. There's a no carbonation. There's a slight bit of carbonation, oh. so it, um, it 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 bubbles to the surface, yeah. pulls towards the edge of the glass, and then just just pops and just yeah. goes very very swiftly. That's why it looks um, so much like juice. <laughs> mm. On the flavour, you do get that slight fizz mm -hmm. of the carbonation. and That bleeds quite nicely into the bitterness, which then yeah. runs through with that slightly more. Um, slightly more hoppy, slightly more maybe piney kind of flavour that's that's um, that's that's pulling those fruit flavours back a little bit. So it feels like it's balanced very nicely, and it's got a lot going on that mm -hmm. bleeds into each other very well. Nice. I just can't describe it. Is it herbally? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you describe that. Uh, it's 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 hard. It's yeah. hard. I'll have to drink it and tell you. <laughs> That's get what a, I have get to a do. Out and you'll find 
Nice. I'll have to start somewhere. Where shall I start? Dank. I'll start with Dank, and I'll see where I can get to from there. Um, are you Are you ready? Are you prepped? Are you prepared for your next beer? Or would you like I, to talk about something talk else about beforehand? The first game that I want to talk about. Oh, okay. There's a second game that I'd like to talk about today as well. Yeah. But the first one I want to talk about is called Shift Quantum. Um, I haven't finished this game. It only came out yesterday in Europe for most platforms: PS4, Switch, and Xbox One, and PC, mm-hmm. of course. Um, it's basically a puzzle platformer. I first played it at EGX last year. Um, sat down to play a bit of it and probably played about two minutes of it and I was like I don't need to play anymore, I get it, I just want it <laughs> it's um, well it's kind of hard to describe so I'll do my best but if anyone wants to check it out it did start out as a flash game um, so if you type in Shift Quantum in Google um, probably maybe a little bit of digging get de- redirected to the flash game and you can just try it out just to see what the core mechanic is Mm. which is basically you are it's a black and white world um, and you are inverting the world you're shifting, hence shift quantum shifting the world, you you are inverting it inside out, so it starts out um, like mostly single screen Um, you are in this black um, landscape it's sort of at the foreground, at the background, it's kind of like a cyber noir kind of Blade Runner city in the back. It looks really striking, um, just yeah. compared to the forefront, which is just, um, you know, the black and white, um, and you have mm-hmm. all this stuff going on in the background. Um, I don't think the kind of cyber noir kind of stuff plays into the story. I don't think there is much of a story, but just as an aesthetic, it's really nice. But um, in the foreground, you basically start out in the uh, black world. Um, you're a little man playing in the and then you press um whatever button it is on your chosen platform press a button and it basically inverts the world it shifts the world so you're now in the white world and it sort of turns the world upside down on its head okay and it's probably just best to look at a trailer play it in that little flash game because i'm not going to try and attempt to explain any of it because it's very <laughs> difficult to even wrap my head so around. is it is it a platformer yeah it's a puzzle platformer Mainly puzzle. Um, Mm -hmm. When it does require a bit of platforming, fortunately the uh, platforming controls were really good. Yeah. Because that's a lot of a lot of puzzle platformers where they fall down is they're good at the puzzles, but the platforming itself sometimes sucks. But in this one, it just nails them both. Cool. Um, I've I think there's probably about 125 levels. I think about halfway through in the story. Mm. Um, The great thing about it is that like any good puzzle game it'll always keep it has a core mechanic but it will always keep things fresh by introducing new things so like classically you start moving blocks you have like fans that you just um get propelled by um you can there there are switches that will rotate the world on like a 90 degree axis and stuff like that so there's all these different um mechanics extra mechanics being brought into the fold every few few levels or so which is mm. it, it's really good it's really enticing it's such a well-made puzzle game especially on like an indie scale because you know me i love my puzzle games and my puzzle platformers but to make yes yeah. as polished as this you know it's a really good feat and um the publisher was nice enough to give me a code for it and i'm really enraptured by it. i'm 
I'm looking to finish it over the weekend, but from what I've seen, really, really, I'm not sure how it's reviewed yet, but um, I, I can't recommend it enough. It's a really good puzzle game if you're into that. Um, it's got a level editor, so okay. Don't know how I haven't looked into that so much. Um, don't know how robust it is, but by the looks of uh, the community levels that you can play at the moment, there's quite a few of them. So I imagine some, you know, quite a few people have you know, dug into it and mm. made a few levels themselves, but yeah, as an overall package, it's it's really good. Really recommend it. But um, I'll probably give some more thoughts after I actually finish it, mm. but mm. I don't see my opinion changing. It, it's a really good puzzle game. Nice. It'd be interesting to see, uh, you know, you were saying sort of how it introduces new mechanics and stuff and how well paced it is, um, whether that continues on you know towards the the end of the game because yeah I, I think we find a lot with sort of puzzle games that they get towards the end and they don't run out of ideas necessarily but they then try and combine ideas that maybe don't work so well and that you know maybe mm. the last fifth of a, a puzzle game kind of falls a little more flat or up ramps up the difficulty, the difficulty just for the sake of, of yeah. doing it you know yeah i hope it doesn't get to that stage because so far it's I, it's one of those puzzle games that make you feel smart. Um, yeah. Like I haven't, I haven't really. I think I did hit my head on one of the levels, but I didn't manage to get over it. Um, because I'm playing it, you know. As soon as it comes out, there's not going to be any walkthroughs, so it hasn't been. It's been fine. There's like two levels that I've been. Oh, I have to really think about this. Maybe come back to it later. But otherwise, I've. I've it gives you that right amount of challenge. Not being mm. so hard where you feel like an idiot and just get frustrated, and not too easy where you're just gliding through levels. There's yeah, a, there's a collectible yeah. on each level, so it's optional. So you can collect all of those for a little bit of an extra challenge as well. So okay, yeah, fully recommend it. Shift Quantum. Good. If anyone wants to check it out, I seem to. Uh, as soon as you said it, I thought, "Oh, am I thinking of the same, the same game?" But I'm, I'm not at all. Uh, and I don't know whether it's quantum something else Conundrum. or something shift or you know yeah. a, a very similar kind of title that I was thinking yeah. of. It's definitely not what you're talking about. It's quite a few um, quantum. There right, are quantum conundrum, quantum break, quantum this leap. Yeah. Yes. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Mm. Nice. Um, you're ready. You're ready. I am for your second beer. I am indeed. And again, it's from Umbard. And this is a honeycomb milkshake pale. So instead of a milkshake IPA, it's a honeycomb milkshake pale. Mm. A full-bodied pale ale with Brighton and Hove honey and honey malts. Okay. So instead of vanilla, this one's got honey in it, people. Um, oh, and it's a collaborative beer between Umbard, Bison Beer, Blind Brewing, and Brett Beer. Okay. Let's see where it was... Uh, Again, Missing Link Brewery, where it was where they brewed it. Oh, yeah. interesting that they've yeah. bought in three other brewers yeah. and then brewed on someone else's kit again. Mm. You know. Um, I'll just read what it says. Uh, flaked oats, flaked wheat, uh, honey malt, honey vanilla, lactose. Uh, what else? Eldorado and Cascade hops. Um, and the f here we go. A swarm of Brighton bees. 
have become unbarred to make this full-bodied milkshake made with Brighton Hove honey. This beer is all about collaboration, creativity and championing local. We're absolutely buzzing <laughs> to share it with you. <laughs> Naturally carbonated for a softer mouthfeel. Six to eight degrees. Yeah. Nice. I like they give you the um, the temperature on there. Yeah, I, like, I usually... what. We're seasoned enough to know to usually drink in a you know IPA no cooler than six degrees. But yeah, it's yeah. very nice for those who aren't in the know. Mm. Mm. Very much nice. Uh, I think the only beer I've ever had with honey in is a honey Kolsch, mm-hmm. and it didn't do what I think it was trying to do. Yeah. So let's see. Yeah, I, I've let's had see. quite a few honey beers on this podcast. Yeah, and I always refer back to the honey milkshake uh, IPA that Daya did mm-hmm. a few years ago, and nothing has compared so far <laughs> because that did what it said on the tin. It was creamy. You got a lot of honey coming through it, and it was fantastic. But we'll see. Um, this is. Like dark orange, mm, lighter that's than That's a nice colour. Yeah, looks like a. You'd probably say that if you've got that in a pub, you'd say that could pass as a lager, actually. Yeah, mm. yeah, maybe a little, maybe slightly more amber than lager. But yeah, I think from where you're seeing it, the way the yeah. light is, it's looking a bit redder, but it's quite yes. orangey. But um, yeah, about one finger, white head. It's not going anywhere. It's not like mm. yours. And it's lacing beautifully on the glass as well. Aroma. Getting a bit of sweetness. Maybe a little bit of malt. Not sure if I can smell any honey just mm. yet. Well, it's, it, honey has a very, very specific taste. So for things to include honey, you, you kind of expect that that sweetness to kind of kick through over the top of everything else, really. Yeah. Hmm. I'm going to take another sip. Hmm. Ruminate. Consider. Hmm. Because the thing with honey is that it can be overly sweet. Mm-hmm. So, I wouldn't... I don't like sweet beers. I wouldn't want beer to be too sweet. Yep. Think, just, just like the last beer. The honey is very understated. I am getting a little bit of sweetness at the end. Just on on the like, just coating my tongue. Okay. Right at the end. Tiny bit. But I'm getting quite a bit of malt as well. Mm. It's quite strange. It's a nice beer, I should say that. Yeah. I should preface this with saying that it is very nice beer. Oh, it's 6%, by the way, if I didn't say. It's quite... I'd say it's about medium-bodied. It's mm-hmm. It's like your traditional pale ale. It's not overly fruity, like, you know, a lot of IPAs now. It's got more malty... It's more malt-forward. Yeah, okay. Um... I'm getting a bit of honey. It's like it's just slowly creeping onto my palate the more I talk. And it's 
it's quite nice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just having that sweetness um, that isn't necessarily all from the malts or the alcohol content. And it's just very understated. Yeah. And then it comes later. Instead of, instead of like the bitterness, instead of like a creeping bitterness, it's a creeping sweetness. But I'm really impressed with this brewery so far. Like, mm. even though this, well, nothing will compare to the day of beer that I had. Rest, rest in peace. Because they so don't they, make that anymore. They don't make that, do they? <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe they'll bring it back. Maybe they'll bring the recipe back. You never know. Um, I went to Brummy Brewery, was it last week? And they brought back a beer that I, the, the white stout that um, mm-hmm. Adil had recently as well. Yeah. Uh, they brought that back and it's like, yes, just keep making it in perpetuity, please. <laughs> <laughs> but, I'll buy all of them, it's yeah, fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if you get too much stock, I'll just come in and just drink them all. Yeah, we'll, have a, <laughs> we'll have a blast, but... Yeah, this is a really nice beer as well. Uh, I, I, there's not much more to say uh, say about it other than it's just really nice, just like a traditional pale ale with malt forward, but a bit of sweetness as well. Nice, mm. nice, cool. While you drink, while you enjoy it, I am going to um, just touch upon um, the game that has been taking most of my time, and I'm not going to talk too much about it. Uh, I, I mentioned to you earlier, Lucy, I'm writing about it. Um, the article is entitled, It's Okay to Play Bad Games. <laughs> uh, I might, might I played train... a bad game, and well, I'll tell you about that in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you know, the article goes into why this game is bad, and uh, why, why I think that's fine, and why I'm still playing it. Um, but it is Mass Effect Andromeda. Boo! It is not good. <laughs> It it is not a good game. Um, it is it is Mass Effect. It continues that third person cover shooter style that um, that kind of Mass Effect is known for. You know, almost squad based. A little very limited in what you can do with your squad, but it's kind of squad based. Mm-hmm. Doing a lot of exploration. It's you know, Mass Effect is a big um, space opera essentially, big sci-fi um, spacefaring exploration kind of game. Mm-hmm. And Andromeda, I feel, doesn't really do anything more than the original trilogy, which was on previous generation consoles. Um, this this just doesn't do much more. At times, and I don't know whether this is just me um, having a a slightly skewed um, visual memory of what the previous games looked like, but at times this game can look like previous console generation game. Um, Textures, objects pop in and out, they tear, it just... Yeah, (laughs) just just to speak about the original trilogy, did you play Mm. and enjoy it then? Uh, I I didn't play the first game. Mm-hmm. I jumped in on Mass Effect Two, two. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I liked Mass Effect Two enough to play Mass Effect Three. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've never been, you know, top twenty, top thirty games yeah. for me, but I have enjoyed them. Um, I like sci-fi. I like the idea of bopping around a galaxy 
doing different things on different planets, different environments, uh, that kind of, um, you know, almost narrative-driven exploration kind of uh, game on a on a, a larger open-world sort of scale. Mm. I, I liked the idea that decisions that you made, uh, how you interacted with different characters actually mattered within these games. You know, we talk, we've spoken a lot about kind of like morality in games and things being, uh, you know, you have one choice or another. It's very black and white and Mass Effect kind of, it, it falls foul of that definitely. Uh, you know, you can either be a dick or be the hero, really. There's not yeah. much grey in between with, with Mass Effect and the decisions that you can make. Uh, Andromeda doesn't change that. It very much stays with that formula. Uh, and I don't I don't like that about those games. Uh, but the kind of like the overarching idea and story and genre definitely appeals to me. Yeah. Um, you see, I hate games set in space and I hate RPGs. So. <laughs> I hate Mass Effect just by proxy. So, yeah, you don't even need to don't even need to look at it. You can just <laughs> see the logo and just turn off instantly. Just um, like, nope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I I enjoyed the second and third game. I wasn't of the camp that cried when the ending happened to the third mm. game. Like, oh, change the ending. No, don't fuck. Don't no. fucking change the ending. Make yeah, the game you want to make. Yes, it's, crea- it's your creative decision. Like. Yeah, completely. Oh, we've taken on so we've taken on feedback from thingies. Well, that's fine if you're in beta. Don't fucking cave to these fuckers now. Like, you've made the game you want to make anyway. Anyway, that was the start of the internet being an arsehole. <laughs> the internet's always been an arsehole I think yes, that was more the, the mainstream arseholeness of the internet wasn't it <laughs> the collective arseholery yeah. <laughs> oh, that's better than arseholeness arseholery um, Mass Effect Andromeda feels like it's not had to go out to people and cave to them, they've tried to make a very broad very wide reaching game to grab as many people as possible it's a kind of jack of all trades master of none type of situation um it's just not good i can't i cannot this is a game that i would just wouldn't recommend to anyone to play apart from maybe having a a cathartic experience where Mm. you've played you know you played the last of us and then you didn't know what to play after it because it was so hard-hitting and affected you so much and it was so good. You played Horizon, mm-hmm. and again, you had that fatigue. You didn't know what to play after it. You played God of War, and you didn't know what to play afterwards. Play Mass Effect Andromeda. That'll clear your palate completely. <laughs> you'll you'll, you'll be able to play any forever. fucking game after yeah. that. <laughs> You Sound go from one nice. end of the you go in from one end of the it's scale right yeah. down right down to the bottom, yeah. and you can tell that some parts have had some decent work put into it, mm-hmm. but this is a very rushed game. Yeah, it's a shame because you know I feel sorry for the team, but very they're much rushed. Yeah, in. if anyone hasn't read it, the Kotaku article about what mm-hmm. is it Kotaku? Is it Jason Schreier? About yes, everything yeah, yeah. that went wrong. It's just it's just an absolute shame, and for the developers just to be hung out to dry and be slaughtered on like social media, it's, it's got to be heartbreaking, especially yeah. when it's been like what three, four years of your life mm-hmm. um, doing that. But it, regardless of like you know the wonky face physics and the uh, textures that you say popping in and the bugs, because yeah. you know some of those things are being patched out, 
if at the core it's just not a very good game in terms of either it's RPG or shooting mm-hmm. mechanics or story, that's the bigger shame. You can excuse a game when it's buggy, as long as it's not game-breaking. Mm-hmm. You can excuse it sometimes, but if the core game is just bad, then what fun is that? Like, Yeah, I've, I've had moments where parts of the environment which you have to interact with mm-hmm. to progress haven't populated mm-hmm. and I've just had to quit and restart yeah. the game and they're, they're there once I've restarted but to have to do that is it, it's just yeah just it, seems in insane it's unforgivable but I, I don't know I've heard different things from different people because like like Dave said that he he liked it and Dave he, loved it yeah and, yeah and it's just like I, I can get that I mean I think it might be a blessing that it had so many bugs and stuff like that because if it was just not a good game and not a good mm. story then it would have been like just completely executed for that as well it's like you don't even hear people talking about that that side of the game completely. it's just like Assassin's Creed Unity all you hear about is the very small cases of like the bugs and stuff don't actually mm-hmm. know if that is a good game or not but if that's well, the, it's just I, a shame that that's the lasting impression people get. It's just the but, bugs. But if it's just a bad game anyway, then maybe yeah. That's a and good I thing. think I think that uh, that actually comes through a little bit with how games are treated because you can look at uh, Assassin's Creed Unity, you can look at Mass Effect Andromeda, and they're derided for the the state of the game and the bugs that they have in, and things like the storyline or the RPG elements aren't really spoken about because they're not innovative, they're pretty standard, they're clunky at times. You Mm. talk about The Witcher 3 or Skyrim, which had had bugs. Those games are always elevated above their bugs. People Mm -hmm. do not talk about bugs as being, you know, maybe a bit more in Skyrim, but... The Witcher Three. No one ever talks about uh, the Roach bugs, apart from exactly there, apart from <laughs> Roach, the horse being absolutely stupid, and it becomes a funny moment because mm. that game is written so well. Its quest structures are executed excellently. It has a a, a story which keeps you entertained and engrossed in what you're doing and pushes you through. The pacing of that game works really well. The open world is fantastic. And I, I've said it in the article, I keep thinking, whilst I'm playing Mass Effect Andromeda, I should just play The Witcher 3 again. <laughs> I should just sack this off and be just like have Adam. another playthrough we'll of play The Witcher 3. <laughs> well, it would be my third playthrough of The Witcher 3. What? I know, mate. I haven't I even played it once. <laughs> I can't. I just can't. I'm just, well, this is, I need to be it, on a desert island. I've started it, yeah, and I, I know was you like, do. no, I know. no, 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 no. This it's, it's, one of the, um, it's one of the reasons why I keep playing Mass Effect Andromeda, because I think, oh, I, I, I love The Witcher 3, but mm. a third time... There's, uh, there's a handful of games I've played more than, say, twice, and that's off the top of my head. Uh, the Last of Us, Final Never Fantasy 7, Final Fantasy 8, and Uncharted 2. I think are from the top of my head the only games I've played more than say twice. I've played Thomas was alone about sixteen times. Um, <laughs> the game never, that I'm about never, to talk about never twice, never twice on the same system. 
that might maybe on Vita I did but um, <laughs> the game I'm going to talk about later I'd actually play twice talk but, about um, it talk about it now fuck about Mass Effect Andromeda no no more Move Mass Effect talk no no should we just brings me down a little bit you can see my die. shoulders have slumped yeah. <laughs> since I've started talking about it yeah maybe Anthem will be better maybe <laughs> oh, maybe again game set in space no interest <laughs> so you do you EA and Bioware you do you good for you happy days big thumbs yeah. up big thumbs up appreciating from afar <laughs> the game that I played twice <laughs> is Bloodstained Curse of the Moon oh now, if for anyone who's listening, if the uh, word bloodstained, which isn't a word, which is made up, is it? Is bloodstained a word? Blood, blood. You can have a blood stain. Uh, something can be bloodstained, but I think it's two words. Mm, it's blood. It's it's stained with blood. Mm. Yes. Regardless, <laughs> it, it is a. Uh, it's the game that. Um, is it Ikarachi? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he left uh, Konami, and um, he he, sk- he kick-started a game. It was a few, few years ago now. It's probably like 2015 or something what's, like that. What's it called? Bloodstained Symphony of the Night? That's the, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Basically. Um, <laughs> Bloodstained Rituals of... God knows. I don't care, because it's like... Uh, you know, I... No, I was just like... Symphony of the Night is... I'm not as enamoured with it as everyone else i think the art style kind of turns me off which is weird because it, yeah, it still yeah. holds up but that kind of gothic look it's just like no it's I, not yeah, kind I of my understand. jam mm. mm-hmm. but as a uh what are they called stretch goal for the kickstarter yep. which was obviously successful because uh, uh the real bloodstain is coming out i think next year um as a stretch goal they said oh we'll just release this um little spin-off game uh, Bloodstained Curse of the Moon and just out of nowhere I had no idea about this game because it wasn't a Kickstarter backer or anything like that it just dropped was it last week? last Thursday? yeah yeah it's um, not been long yeah and it's Castlevania 3 I'm not even going to say what it's like it is just Castlevania 3 it's not like <laughs> Castlevania 3 it is Castlevania 3 if you just had changed a few assets like a cheetah to make look like a wolf and that's it or or a screaming werewolf to look like a screaming ghoul woman it's basically because <laughs> it, it, it's it, it's absurd how have they not been sued i don't get it how is this a, it's every it's everything castlevania down to the mechanics down to the way it looks <laughs> The music, yeah, the music as Where, well the from, the, from the trailers that I've seen and stuff. Yeah, it's it has that it has that tone massively. Um, it's absurd. I, I wonder whether because um, uh, Castlevania is Igarashi's. It fucking I said it wrong. It's so hard to say his name. Igarashi's mm. uh, like baby. Yeah, uh, I wonder what rights he, he obviously didn't retain the Castlevania name. Mm-hmm. But I wonder, kind of, what he was able to take from Konami, um, you know, the code, <laughs> just the code itself, <laughs> just, just new a, assets, isn't it's it? It's on just, a USB stick. You just got yeah, the code just, just change, just change two pixels, and you're done. <laughs> yeah. 
This yeah. guy had horns. He's now got fangs. Mm. Done. Yeah. But it is very much an 8-bit style um, action. I don't know what you call Castlevania platforming because the platforming is terrible. Yeah, but, it's, um, a, it's a yeah, it's a platformer. Yeah, yeah, it's an action platformer. Um, it's obviously, I mean, if 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 you didn't grow up with eight uh, bit games or Castlevania in general, um, it's still very approachable. It's very it's it's Castlevania in style, um, but it's got sensibility, new newer sensibilities, newer a fresh paint of uh, a fresh coat of paint that will appeal mm. to. Um, like new audiences, audience who yeah. weren't used to these kind of games. Um, it has two game game modes: uh, veteran, which is just like normal, which is it's basically if you want to play Castlevania and have like the the crappy knockbacks from just unfair spawning characters on the screen yep. or something, then you can have that experience. Or there is a casual mode where you have infinite lives and. Um, you don't have that knockback either, so it, it caters to both audiences. Um, mm. Just like Castlevania Three, you can switch between four characters in this one. Um, you, you after every boss, uh, every I think there's six six levels, um, or is it eight? Eight levels, yeah, eight levels. Um, after the first four bosses, you can recruit a new character, or you don't have to. You can just be like ta-ta, bye, and just carry on and um, okay. play as your current squad if you will mm. um, but yeah each of them have their own <coughs> weapons their own abilities and switching those on the fly and uh, to like adapt to the situation if there's a particular mm. enemy that will just get killed by I don't know the old guy and his staff who's kind of useless um, he, he has like an <laughs> invincibility <laughs> spell and if you you know use him then he can just uh, you know completely wreck stuff yeah, like uh, he 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 like I've seen the 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 magician type guy he, like replicates yeah. himself, doesn't he, and sits yeah, the, sits in terrible, front of it. So that's a terrible move. But but yeah, he can do all sorts of things. And like sometimes if you activate a special on one character, it carries over to the other. So okay. like um, the main guy, I think he's called Zangetsu or some crap like that. I don't know. Um, the guy with the sword, the vampire yeah, type guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, or vampire Simon, hunter maybe. Simon know. or Trevor. Whatever you want, Mister um, <laughs> uh, Belmont. Yeah, Mister Belmont. <laughs> he he um he has like this uh special where if you press it, like his sh- shots his um he has melee as a sword, um mm-hmm. or his, another special is the whip. But uh, anyway, he has a sword. If you activate that special, it, it does like one hit kill in these enemies. Yeah. But if I activated it on him and switched to another character. That that kind of aura of like um, one hit kills will be on that character, and you can nice. uh, use that special special carries over. But yeah, music's great. The art style is what I like, like eight bit. Um, the bosses have like sixteen bit kind of art style, like more Mega Man in okay, like Mega Man. God, there's so many. Whichever ones are on the N- SNES. Um, Three. So, was free on? I thought free was on mm, NES. Four. Four might <laughs> one of them. Yeah, it, but it's like robotic kind of like enemies uh, like that. But they're more sixteen bit, and it I think it blends nicely with that kind of eight bit and sixteen bit because it's obviously this game has the color palette and 
mm-hmm. the enemies on screen that the, the, the NES couldn't do unless you want massive slowdown. And yeah. it just blends. It's just such a nice nostalgic throwback. And I finished it once. I I don't know if it's just me, but it's. I think uh, Jamie was having slightly challenging time. If I didn't find it too hard, I don't know if I'm just used to like brutal crap like this <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was fine um, got through without without losing all my lives um, just mm-hmm. like classic Castlevania if you do lose all your lives you're not going back to the very start of the game just start at that level Yes. Yeah. Um, but if you die for a particular character that character dies but you don't lose a life it's only until all your characters die mm-hmm. when you lose a life um, but obviously losing another character, they all have their own health bar, so you can switch in between, which means that you essentially have three health bars, or three or four health bars, one, two, three, four health bars. If you lose a character, sometimes you don't have that particular special ability or that weapon that would mm. deal with a enemy um, better, or you literally have less life anyway. So, But, yeah, I... I Played it, finished it, played it on Switch, where it should be played. Yeah, be- because you'd because you'd mentioned it, um, and I then mm. jumped into um, the Facebook group and saw you and Jamie talking about it. I jumped into that conversation because you you know you guys were talking about the the, the game and your thoughts and your opinions on it and stuff. And I think after about the sixth message, I just checked out. I'm like, I've got no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> I'm I just I just have to leave and not not listen to what they're saying like almost go into it kind of like fresh um if you play castlevania 3 it's not fresh at all (laughs) no it's not no no Um, i I, I think you kind of need it to be um as for a game that that pulls on kind of like old sensibilities old mechanics uh, you need it to be as fresh as you can possibly make it. Yeah. So to then true. jump into a thread of people talking about it and know all of the bosses, which ones are difficult, yeah. where people had problems with it, it just it was a little bit too much, perhaps, yeah, for something that I'm, you know, that I'm interested in. I mean, it's about like eight quid, something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's dirt cheap. Nine, nine quid with the Switch tax. Com- yeah, I mean, uh, so I I jumped onto the PlayStation Store and had a quick look. It's on Vita. And. Um, <laughs> It's on Vita, fucking yes. hell. I'm free Last this. game ever, maybe. <laughs> Depends on what John Cadera is going to be doing as the new PlayStation guy. Um, but I jumped onto the PlayStation and it was seven ninety nine, maybe? Yeah, seven ninety nine. And looking at all of the other games, which were kind of the recommended games, mm. uh, similar, um, you know, pixel art style or 2D kind of action platformers, that kind of stuff. Everything else was up around the fifteen, sixteen pound mark, and it seemed like Bloodstained uh, was Bloodstained Curse of the Moon was an absolute steal it for is. the for the kind of yeah. like for the price that they're they're putting it out for, um, and it seems that that is again talking going back to uh, like quarantine circular, you know, Bithel Games doing well enough to then be able to just put out this little, uh, you know, this experimental kind of uh, short. Uh, that these guys can do that, having been so successful in their Kickstarter. Yes, it's a stretch goal, and they they've hit a certain amount of money to know that they can put that out. But then the additional funds that that will bring in, yeah, it's like, great. Yeah. You know, you they say, well, it's a stretch goal, and even we hit say, you know, a hundred thousand, 
50,000, whatever their stretch goal was, mm-hmm. we can then go away and make this game. And we then know that if we charge £8 for it, that we'll then make this much money, roughly, through our estimates and yeah. our forecasts, on the back of it, to then be able to put more money into the main kind of game or into Bloodstained or stuff, or recoup what we've paid already. And actually, all of our Kickstarter then just goes into the main Bloodstained yeah. game rather than into this as well. It's such um, a brilliant tactic. You know? Yeah, mm. yeah, It's completely. probably one of the best Kickstarter games I've played, and I didn't even know of, it, of its existence like before last week. But mm. yeah, it's about four hours, I'd say. Um, mm-hmm. But I've I replayed it um, again. Probably got through in probably less than an hour, maybe, just because I knew what I was doing, where I was going, and everything. And I knew the bosses and their patterns. Um, yeah, I'm gonna play through it again on nightmare mode. I started nightmare mode. It's such a good package for like eight quid, and it has the potential to be in like my top ten this year, just because it's nice. Mainly because it just pulled on all those nostalgia strings but it's a good well made game it's not just about being retro inspired or you know Castlevania free it's actually yeah, a really yeah. well made game so yeah I, I fully recommend it and just as an adjunct to that I played through Castlevania because I hate myself <laughs> on, uh, <laughs> on my NES uh, mini classic whatever it's called just plug yeah. that in um, the little one yeah, the little one. I was like, I'm going to play Castlevania. And just to see, because Castlevania 3, unfortunately, isn't on the uh, mm. NES Classic. It's only Castlevania 3 and Castlevania 2, which is really weird. But Because um, that's like a semi-open world game that's just obtuse as hell. But anyway, um, yeah, Ca- Castlevania, the original. I was doing fine up to like the fourth level. And my god, <laughs> it's so unfair. It's just like <laughs> I, I had to use save states. I used about ten on Dracula, and it was <laughs> at the very end. But it's just like on the four. It is a four stage, isn't it? Because only about five stages or something it's like. About five levels, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when you're fighting the Grim Reaper, before you get to him, there's just a corridor of Medusa heads flying at you in the most unpredictable pattern and knights just throwing axes at you and it's literally impossible (laughs) to do. I had to. What I figured out is that if I take a hit from a Medusa head at the right angle, at the right point that I can get knocked back over the knight and then run, keep running as best as I can just to get to the boss so that all that's the slight, enemies... That slight small. amount, that slight time of invulnerability after you've been hit yes. where you can't be hit again mm. that you can run through. Because if you get God. hit by the knight, you get knocked back by him. But if you get yeah, knocked by a yeah. Medusa head going the other way, you can get knocked over him. So it's like... I was like, that's pro-level play, Lucy. The way it was probably intended... But but then I had How to, to gain the level. But I had to take so much damage, and the thing is that yeah. I could, you can't die in that entire level because you need the holy water. That's the only way to beat the Grim Reaper. Grim Reaper, and the holy water is the very start of the level. And it's like God, you have to I... die. You have to not. Obviously, you save states. Oh, I don't hate myself that much where I played it like 
you know, as a purist. I was like, as a purist, not. yeah, yeah. Absolutely not, because I was like, I was doing that up until the fourth level. Like, if I died so many times, I'd start again at the start of the level. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. I got this. But no, that fourth level, I was just like, no. I did it twice. And I was like, no, n- not again. No. Yeah, that's and that's fair. And it's it's one of those things that it's kind of endemic of games of that era where they build up quite nicely through the first half of the game, and then suddenly it's like, no, okay. and they just throw everything <laughs> yeah. possible at you. Mm. But the you thing have... with Castlevania is that it's just not fair from the start, though. <laughs> that's the only difference. <laughs> that's the only difference. It doesn't get to that eventually. It just starts like that. <laughs> yeah, it just starts out. I have vague recollections of that... Um, of that Medusa corridor, and never, I, 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 no. I can't think of anything past that. So I yeah. would imagine that I never got past that. I don't think anyone did. <laughs> I don't think anyone did. I don't think anyone beat Dracula till like two thousand and one. Someone who'd only been playing that game since its release, they hadn't yeah. played anything else, they just yeah. hon their skill <laughs> for 15 at, years. Um, <laughs> yeah, at Castlevania. Uh, it, it's interesting that Bloodstained kind of pushed you to seek out the like progenitor. Yeah, um, definitely. It's just that, that nice warm hug from a nice nostalgic game. Yeah, mm. yeah. And then to go back to Bloodstained and realise... How, it's so much better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how how far games have come, yeah. and even if we can kind of replicate, you yeah. know, those older games in terms of style and in terms of, you know, difficulty in some parts, they're paced better mechanically. Games are better now. Yeah. Uh, they're not easier, but they, I, I suppose, they maybe respect your time a little bit more. You know, we have a, a market which is absolutely saturated with hundreds and hundreds of games for you to pick from. Uh, whereas when those games released, you know, that was the only release. You know, maybe there was three releases, mm. all of completely differing genres in a two-month period, and you didn't have the the breadth of games that we kind of have now. So people knew that you'd publishers knew that you'd buy that game. And that might be the only game you had for six months. Yeah. And you bashed your it. head against <laughs> it continuously for six months mm. until you got another game. Yeah. Yeah. It, Inti Creates, the developer who made this game, they just they just understood it. They just understood what made Castlevania great. Mm. And it's like, well, at the time, obviously. But, um, yeah, they made a like Mega Man game like a few years ago like i think it's called mighty gun vault or something like that and mm. I'm sure the name it, sounds familiar yeah and I, I looked it up and i was like oh that's on switch and oh there's a demo so i'm gonna try that out if it's anything like um old school Mega Man, then i'll and it's as good as like bloodstain then i'll definitely check that out but, um, yeah it's it, i mean things like um the, the the really the later Mega Man games like it's, uh, maybe Mega Man 9 or Mega Man 10 that I played on PS3. Yeah, all those. It's been about 100 Mega Man games. Yeah, there's been so many. But I, I think I was playing through, I, I'm sure it was Mega Man 9 that I was playing through on PS3 you know, years ago now. Mm-hmm. But thinking, actually, this, this holds up really well. They've, yeah. they've adapted this and they've done it nicely to fit with kind of like modern sensibilities. And they've they've iterated and they've learned from kind of like previous games and stuff. So... Mm-hmm. 
it's nice that Bloodstained has that that history um, and the forebears that kind of come before it, but it is adapted to like modern sensibilities. Yeah, and it, it kind of it's it knows its audience almost. Mm. It knows its place. Yeah, it knew, and yeah, where it needs knew. to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and just as a last note. Um, if you want to laugh, just look at the um, like Castlevania credits, because obviously those were in the days where you know people were poaching developers from you know other studios, and so they yeah. had to remain anonymous. The names that they <laughs> really it's so <laughs> just it's, pure pseudonym all the way through, like yeah, it's like like Fishy McCreates or something like that, and it's just like <laughs> what are these? <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> just just nice. have a look at the rolling credits at the end of Castlevania on YouTube or something. I wouldn't recommend playing through the game to get to that point. <laughs> just look it up on YouTube. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> what a time. Nice. That'll be the next thing I do this evening then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After we finished. Oh, good. Should we stop? Should we finish there? Yeah. We've had a good, good chat. A good few games. We've played yeah. games. We have, yeah. we have. Makes a change. <laughs> <laughs> video games yeah, are for children. Still, I'm, I'm. I mean, I've. I think I said it before on a previous episode. Like, I'm so. I don't know what it is with this year. Like, I'm so far up on games released this year that I played this year. Plus, games that came out last year that yeah. I've played this year. To where I was last year, and I don't know whether that's just. Uh, my time is a little more freer now with Evelyn being, you know, almost two mm-hmm. uh, rather than being, you know, this time last year, she was almost one. So mm-hmm. we were still in the first year of her life. You know, stuff was hectic, barely any time. Yeah. Uh, whereas now my time is a little bit more freed. I, I find that everyone goes to bed and I get two or three hours to be it's able to thing, actually yeah. play something. Um, and I just seem to... Um, I seem to kind of not get it a little bit more this year, but I'm just like on the pulse almost, yeah. um, and it's I feel good, a little yeah. bit more a little bit more involved than maybe I did last year, which is which is nice for um, to for be honest, my like mental health a little bit as yeah. well to kind of feel in the game a little bit more. Rather than like, sure, yeah. Oh, I played this game from yeah. six years ago and it's fine. It does get frustrating when you're like, so behind and you just want to play the games that you want to play and don't have time, but. To be honest, last year was a hectic year, so mm. <laughs> that plus everything else that you know, and newborn kid practically on top of that. Yeah, yeah. You had no chance. <laughs> <laughs> so this year definitely more manageable. Plus, like this year, I've only played one AAA game, which is God of yeah. War. Well, at least that was released this year. I think I like finished Injustice and played some other stuff whatever maybe battlefield one or something but um mm. yeah it's just been god of war for me and, like i was talking up how many games i've played it's around 50 all okay. indies <laughs> yeah all uh sub four hour indies mostly so yeah nice yeah. play the games I've, you want to play people i've i've kind of i've taken a leaf out of your book and um i've been sort of like charting the games that i've been playing as well, you know, mm-hmm. ready for extravaganza at the end of the year of our, <laughs> uh, our favourite games. And mm. 
I've kind of got different lists, mm. uh, and I have a um, like a contention list games that I think are good enough that I would think that by the end of the year they're going to be up there. They're going to be top ten kind of games. Uh, then I have others, mm. um, which Mass are Effect just uh, just all of the other games. I've, Mass Effect Andromeda <laughs> hasn't been put on this list yet, um, but I then have a uh, my third list um, is games that aren't from this year. Any game. Yeah that I have played that hasn't been from this year. And looking at my my list, I have played more games released this year mm-hmm. than I have from last year. Okay. But yeah. I've played a lot more AAA games that have been released previously mm-hmm. than I have. You know, we haven't had a huge amount of AAA games released this year for me to have played a, a large amount. But like you, AAA games that I have played this year, God of War. <laughs> <laughs> Re- you know, mean, released yeah. this year and played this year yeah. God of War God is, is the it. only yeah. game everything else you know Shadow of the Colossus kind of doesn't really yeah, count but everything that's else the only is other one for me and it's like yeah, yeah. I don't really care in that yeah Fantastic it's all indie games game, whereas um, games from previous years uh, there's only one which is an indie game all of them are AAA games from previous years and they're only from 2016 2017 so you're not too far behind then yeah. No, or Bloodborne. When did Bloodborne come out? I don't remember. 2015? Maybe 2015. Mm. So maybe one has crept in from 2015. Mm. But they're all recent sort of yeah. like AAA games and stuff. Uh, but we're hearing a little bit more about when other games are going to start releasing. And September. Everything's from coming September. From September onwards, <laughs> we're fucked. We can have a nice, quiet summer. I'm, and then all we can do is just play games. I, I'm. It's going to be bad. Because <laughs> I can only play maybe one or two open world games a year, and I just—they have to be good. Yeah, I'm yeah. fearful. I love Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider was my 2015 game of the year. Mm-hmm. I'm glad, so glad it's coming out before Spider Man, because Spider Man could potentially be my game of the year. And oh, and then I got Red Dead. Man, it's like, how do people just like, play just, open so, world game after open world game? don't know how people do it. No, September's already full, and I'm pretty sure I saw something else the other day had said, we're releasing in September. Like, why? I hope why some, would you do that to I yourself? I hope it's some crap like, um, I don't know, Crackdown or something, which is no, crackdowns. point. No, Crackdown's not going to release this year. <laughs> Come on. Okay, um, some other crap that I don't care about. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Kingdom Hearts. Just drop Kingdom Hearts in September. I don't care. That ain't coming God, out this year. Either. That'll probably be. something. To be that, fair, oh, it might have been. It might have been no. something like a, 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 a JRPG that I was interested in. And I'm thinking, why would you release your game in September anyway? Well, anyway. I don't know what that game is because I don't care about that JRPG. That's fair enough. It's yeah, just if Splinter Cell comes out this year. But that's going to probably be some always online Ghost Recon crap. So I'll just Mate, be like, I don't it's care Ubisoft. Anyway. It's Ubisoft. If it mm. gets if it gets shown this year, it's at least two or three years away. Don't worry about it. Splinter Cell's not coming out for a while. <laughs> oh, that's all right. It's then. still that far away. <laughs> okay, I'm happy with that. <laughs> Dino Crisis, give me that. I'll throw away everything for so Dino Crisis. I'll be. Oh, the amount of time I spent with a light gun playing like Time Crisis was absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> I could definitely, I could definitely go for a light gun and some Dino Crisis. I'd be very happy <sighs> with that. Make a Dino Crisis reboot. Please, yeah, please. Yeah. That's all um, I want. 
Let's talk about beers. Yeah. You had two beers from Unbarred. I did. Very which good. One, which one did you prefer? I preferred the... They're both milkshake. Let me get the right name. Because they're both milkshake. Uh, some things. Some things. It's the milkshake IPA. Okay. Which was the first one that I had. Um, yeah. Again, I didn't really get much out of the vanilla all the way through it, but as a, an IPA, um, like traditional IPA, a bit of fruitiness, um, a lot of bitterness at the end, it was really, really good. Um, yeah. If you're looking for that milkshake, that smoothness, that um, creaminess, you're probably not going to get it from this beer, unless you have a much more defined palate than me, but as an IPA, I'd pick this up every day. You know, mm. so good. Nice. The honeycomb milkshake pale, again traditional pale ale, malty, slightly sweet. Can still, you know, feel a little bit of sugar on my tongue as I speak now. Mm. That was really good as well. But for me, the milkshake IPA just clinches it. Nice, mm. nice. Um, it's it's definitely the one that um, that drew my eye in the bottle shop. It's the one that I picked up. Um, yeah. So it bodes well that the um, that their marketing, or at least their, their visual impression that they give, yeah. kind of is backed up as well. Mm. That's nice to know. Yeah. Maybe I'll one that I pick up just for a yeah. yeah, one that I pick up just for an off-air kind of tipple. I think um, for me, I've had two beers which are they're not they have similar characteristics. They're not. They're not similar. They're two different beers, but they have similar characteristics. Uh, the the Cloudwater Double IPA version three point one is a nice beer. It's a. It's 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 much more of a um, a a danker, hoppier kind of beer than the Pressure Drop mm. and Verdant collab. It it maybe pairs back on those fruity flavors just a little too much, perhaps. Right. Um, and I, I think for me this week it's the pressure drop and the verdant. Um, the experiment requires that you continue, um, because I'm not a massive fan of New England IPAs. I like my bitterness. I want that heft to my beers, um, and I kind of pull away a little bit from New England IPAs. And I think this just the the, the pressure drop verdant just does what it's going to do really really well mm-hmm. it's an it's a really good beer um it's one that it's seven and it's 7.4 percent um the, the double ipa was 8.5 percent i couldn't really apart from maybe the viscosity to those beers i didn't get the alcohol through at all yeah um and i think for me i would have instantly had another bottle of the pressure drop um the the double ipa is a nice beer mm-hmm. it's it's got some some good sort of danker kind of qualities to it, um, but I, I could have given I could give or take it really. Whereas the pressure drop of verdant would have been another would have been an instant pickup for a, for another beer for me definitely. It's got those fruity notes. They come through on the nose. They come through in the flavour very well. That matches up really well. It's not you know it's not different in what yeah. they're doing. Um, I didn't get the alcohol. The flavour is nice. The 
uh, mouthfeel is really kind of smooth. It's easy. It has that viscosity, but it goes down really well. It's just a very good beer. Uh, so, yeah, pressure drop, verdant. The experiment requires that you continue double dry hopped New England IPA. You're a converse. To give it its full title. Mm. Well, <laughs> well. Yeah, because that's surprising because I know you, you know, prefer your bitterness. New England yeah. IPA is very fruit forward usually. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, slightly surprised, especially, you know, how much we love the Cloudwater series when we had them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think they they do similar things. Mm. Um, and having maybe. Uh, you know, a beer which maybe Pressure Drop and Verdant are a, a kind of adept at. Uh, yeah. Maybe they've iterated a little bit, and this is, you know, this has come from both of their experiences into making, you know, uh, the beer that they wanted to make. That it just hits the right notes. It hits the notes of a New England IPA that I like. Yeah. Um, and. There is that, that that there is a very slight bitterness to it, not not quite as much as the double IPA, mm-hmm. uh, but it's very easy drinking. It's very smooth, and at seven point four percent, it did not feel like that. It felt like a five percent beer, mm. um, a, a beer that I could have probably, I say I could have another one. I could have probably necked this all night <laughs> and just stayed on it. Really, yeah. um, I don't think I'd have had many at seven point four percent to have. Um, to have started to feel it but <laughs> it's it's just very well made very well balanced very smooth very easy to drink um, you know qualities that i enjoy and yeah yeah i'm a little bit <laughs> you know, on new england ipas but this is a, uh, a a great sort of like jumping in point i suppose for people that are kind of um not against New England IPAs, but that, that pull back from it a little bit, perhaps right. uh, that do like that that little bit more heft to their to their beers. This is a very yeah. good beer. So yeah, good stuff. Nice good beers all around once again. They have been, been some very good beers. Yes. What a surprise! We're picking excellent beers because we drink. know the beers that we like. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're typecast now, mate. We no. know we know what we're going for. No, I do try and pick up something new and weird every time but yeah i think yeah. it's a case that we just like every beer <laughs> i yeah, think that's, that's true like maybe that's it's the like problem. what beers don't we like i mean there's a point where we weren't too keen on sours but now i love sours <laughs> now so. it's sour converts completely. yeah it's like that if it if it's carbonated and it's got malts yeast and all that other crap in it i love it <laughs> bit of water yeah, yeah a bit yeah, of hops great. yeah i'm just like yeah just give it to me yeah <laughs> Nice. Could have nice. been brewed under a radiator, obviously. you know. I don't mind. It's beer. Just give it to me. Yeah. Next to a cupboard full of <laughs> mushrooms or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Um, we're all about positivity. You know, fuck the games we've spoken about tonight that aren't mm. very good. They're good in their own way. Mass Effect did make me laugh when it first came out. I'll give it that. There is a humour to it, definitely. Yes. An unintentional humour <laughs> that it definitely yes, the, has. Uh, the, um, like, expressionless faces oh mate it's it's one of the points <laughs> i brought up in my article how they're f- all fucking gormless as fuck <laughs> oh man they just they have absolutely no character to them whatsoever <laughs> anyway. the pathfinder oh fucking hell <laughs> i'm gonna keep playing it as well yeah that's the worst why do i part. do it why do i do it to myself <laughs> oh, 
don't know. Hey, sometimes, hey, I've played bad games and I have to see them through. There's something wrong with us. But you it's have that, to that's do it. it. That's I it. played through to. Castlevania. I beat <laughs> Dracula for no reason. That's what? it. Uh, I'm just waiting for um, the new Jurassic Park game to, uh, oh, yeah. to come Evolve? out. Evolve? Is that what it's called? Jurassic no, no, I Park. don't know what it's called. Uh, um... No, Jeff that's Goldblum the film the Jurassic, game. Jurassic Jurassic World Evolution. That's what the goal. That's what the the film is called. I think. I have no yes, idea. The new game is Jeff Goldblum sanctioned. So, and it's and it's almost a a spiritual successor to Jurassic Park Genesis, which was the um, <laughs> the park management simulator mm. game. Mm. Uh, you know, it's made by the Planet Coaster team. So yeah. You see, I like sim games in concept. Mm. And, but I just don't have the time for them anymore. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's I, fair. You know, I used to love The Sims and other stuff. The, the Lego ones, those were cool. But yeah, I don't have the time anymore. <laughs> to, mm. uh, shame, but yeah, it looks cool. It's Jurassic it Park. Does. It does. Jurassic Park in a game. Dino Crisis. Um, <laughs> it's just going to be cool, regardless. <laughs> it will, it will. And that probably pulled me out of Mass Effect Andromeda. To then never be played or finished ever mm. again. And then we've um, got Vampire as well soon. Vampire as well on the fifth. Yes, Onrush as well. I don't know what that uh, is. Onrush is not is an arcade game? racer. Is it not? It is not. It well, it is, but you don't actually race. It's like more of a battler kind of game. You have specific. Um, so I played the beta, and you have uh, specific goals to reach. So you have to hit like a points total by boosting continuously. Is it, a car game? Up. is it a car game? It is a car game. game. Yeah, oh, it is okay. a car game. And you are racing, but you're yeah. not you're not getting to a finish line. Right. You're getting to a uh, a goal, like a points, a total score kind yeah. of thing. Um, oh, that sounds cool. Which is interesting. Which yeah. is interesting. And I, and I really enjoyed it. I really liked what I played. And mm. I was dead set on getting Vampire on um, on the fifth, but on Russia's kind of on Russia's kind of pulled me away yeah. a little bit. Um, we'll see how they so review. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's why I'm waiting for both of them, the reviews. Okay. Uh, so, let's finish. If people yes. want to speak to you about, you know, Castlevania, about Bloodstained, <laughs> about the games that you played, about the beers that you drank, how do they do so? Uh, it's Juicy Loose 9 on Xbox, PlayStation, at Tanked Up Lucy on Twitter, and Juicy Loose on Untapped. Nice. You can get me at Nova underscore 47 on Twitter, Nova underscore 47 on PSN or Steam. Uh, we are Tanked Up Cast on Untapped. We are at Tanked Up underscore Cast on Twitter or TankedUpCast at gmail.com. You can give us some long form emails. Tell us what you think about any of the games we've played, any of the beers that we've drank, or tell us what you thought about our After Dark episode, whether you think we should delve a little bit more into the. <laughs> Scandalous, the absurd, the seedy underbelly, exactly, exactly, (laughs) the ridiculous side of what we do. Um, You can do all of those things, you can get all of us, or you can go to outoflives.net and look at articles. You can look at, listen to podcasts, can't look at podcasts, that'd be ridiculous. You can listen to other podcasts and things. Uh, You can also give us a review on iTunes or your podcast service at choice, whether that's Stitcher, uh, Audible. Is it on Audible, Spotify, wherever the fuck we are, Overcast, yeah, Pocket Cast, all of those sort of things. Go there, tell those services how you feel about us. We'll find out. It'll be fine. Or just shout us out in your blog or your podcast, because 
fucking everyone's got one these days, so <laughs> might as well, hey. Might we as don't well. matter. Nothing matters <laughs> on the internet. That's very I'm true. Glad that you listened. It's all just noise, and thank you for listening. So for another week, we have been tanked up. See ya. Ciao.